What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. I'm your other host, Farbod Essenshai from Sports Illustrated. This podcast is being brought to you by DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, Bet Online, and of course, as I always say, Blue Wire. Farbod, we now know who the Clippers are going to be playing for sure. They're going to be playing the Denver Nuggets. They're the Clippers' second-round opponent. The Nuggets beat the Utah Jazz in... What was a wildly low scoring and also chaotic game? I said it was uh, the least exciting, exciting game seven. Yeah, I mean, the final score was 80 to 78. It was the first time both teams in a game seven did not get over 80 points in a game seven since like Cavaliers Pistons in like 05 or 06. So I got I got attacked on Twitter when I said it was the least exciting, exciting game. I was like. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? The game's so good. They they were all New Yorkers. They were like, this game's so good. What are you talking about? And then I was like, am I the only one that thinks this kind of sucks? It was Until awful. 30 seconds? It was awful. It was an awful game. Did you just bring out your New Yorker accent too? I mean, my dad's from New York, so. He's you know, an awful game. It just comes out naturally. I just, it was just, it was just, it was not good. It was bad basketball. I mean, yeah, the defenses were locked in, but the offense was atrocious. And look, the nugget credit to the nuggets. They won. They pulled it out. They came back from down three, one to win the series or the only the 12th team in NBA history that can ever get to say that. Um, so look, hats off to them. I also think as far as it goes for the Clippers, I like the nuggets matchup more than the, than the Utah jazz one. So for me personally, this was the result I was kind of hoping for. And we're going to see how that plays out in the second round. Are you how confident on a one to 10, 10 being like the most confident you can be? How confident are you in the Clippers beating the the Nuggets in a seven game series? Okay, here's the thing. I want to say nine. Right. But you want to quell your optimism. (laughs) But this is the Clippers. And I just don't like I've. 
dude, I, I was on like a nine about beating the Rockets back then. I was, I was very confident about smoking the Rockets back then. So like, I'm not going to say nothing until they win. If they win, I'm not like, I'm just not going to say nothing. This is, it, it, it almost reminds me of, this is a kind of a weird comparison, but when you go bowling and once you get a turkey, you're like, oh, this, this is for real now. Like I could set a high score. And now that we're in the conference semis, I'm like, okay, this is almost for real now that we could get to the conference finals and like really get, you know, to the championship. So I just, my superstitions are at a maximum now. I'm not saying nothing. So that's how you're going to just play it. You're just not yes, going to say because, anything. Okay. Because the year, and I'll never forget this, the year that Josh Smith destroyed the Clippers in that playoff series, mm-hmm. I talked so much trash on him on the Pistons all year. All year for no reason. I don't know why. I just was like, screw this guy. And that was the guy who did it. And I was like, I will never say anything ever again after that. The funny part is I felt like that was going to happen with Utah because I kind of was trashing Jordan Clarkson for a while. You trashed Jordan Clarkson nonstop, and I was like, I don't know why you're doing that because that's the guy who would screw the Clippers. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to let he's, it ride. He's going to be the Dion waiters who just like goes off on them. I was just like, I'm just going to let it ride. Whatever happens, happens. You know, and then, well, Denver took care of that. So, you know, I can always take solace in that, I guess. But, uh, so yeah, it's going to be Clippers Nuggets. Um, in the regular season, the Clippers won the regular season series two games to one. You might recall their third and final meeting took place in the bubble. Uh, that was a game in which the Clippers did not have Montrezl Harrell. They did not have Landry Shamit. And uh, I'm trying to remember, the Nuggets were without Gary Harris and Will Barton, I believe, for that game, right? Yeah, and they pulled their starters in the fourth. It was kind of... It was like a real game for the first three quarters. That's right. Yeah, it was real. And then it became like not really real. Oh, uh, they didn't have Patrick Beverly either. The Clippers didn't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, look, they were without three key rotation guys. They didn't have they didn't have Pat. They didn't have Landry and they didn't have Montrez. And those are three guys who are going to play minutes in this second round series, assuming Patrick Beverly is healthy. And Gary Harris is a guy who's going to play minutes for the Nuggets. So we have to factor all that in and see what happened. Now, the reason I do want to say this, I, the reason I felt really confident with Denver is because Denver's best player is a big man. And I feel for teams whose best player is an actual big, it's a lot tougher unless that big is like a monster defender and a really great offensive player. And Jokic, for as as wonderful as he is offensively, is not that good of a defensive player. So I'd rather face him than Rudy Gobert. And that was my logic for wanting Denver a little bit more. And a couple other things, which we will get to a little bit later on. That's what somebody else said to me, too. They said their best player is a big man, and our best def- one of our best defenders is a big. So it just works out. And that they're slower. But to me... I just wanted Utah because they're the lower seeded team. I just feel more confident when you like. There's a reason why they're the lower seeded team. They just have less options, in my opinion. There's a reason they're the lower seeded team. However, as worried as I kind of would have been with Denver prior to that series, 
like I really wanted Utah. Like going to that series, I was like, I'd rather play Utah because, you know, like j- just no Bojan Bogdanovich and all this stuff. And then I, then I started going through that series and looking at actual film between the two teams and like matchup stuff. And I'm just like, I think I'd rather have Denver. And you know, like like you really look at it. Do you know in the bubble? They're the only team that has that. They played the slowest pace in the seeding games. Denver did. Yeah, that's what somebody told me too. The second slowest pace was actually the Clippers in the seeding games. Then, if you go to the playoffs, uh, the Nuggets and Jazz played the lowest pace. Like the Nuggets are a slow team, and I think that benefits the Clippers. I, I mean, at the end of the day, they're supposed to beat either of them. It's like the same right. thing as the Lake. It's like the same thing as the Lakers facing the Rockets or the Thunder. Like, yeah, the Rockets are have more talent, just like Denver has more talent than Utah. But like, you're supposed to win, so just win. At the end of the day, I mean, you got to win the games, you know. Um, more baskets, you know. More points. You, I heard sources. More points, you win. Is that what Mark Jones said during Game Seven? Uh, it's probably Charles Barkley. Man, I've heard so many awful things that have been said on the airwaves in the last couple of days. Woof! <laughs> Lord, when he called, did you see what he called Eric Bledsoe? No, what he say? <laughs> it's like he's like the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, they're gonna need guys like Chris Middleton and Eric Randolph to do better. And they all look at him, and they're like, Who's Eric Randolph? He's like, Oh, I mean Eric Rudolph, I'm sorry. And they're like, Who's Eric Rudolph? And he's like and they all start clowning him for not being able to get Bledsoe's name right. These are the guys who get piped into millions of homes and, and, then, and then about Shaq basketball. was like Shaq was like, This guy won an Emmy. <laughs> I just yeah, anyways, I'm not gonna rail on inside the NBA. I do that enough on Twitter. Um I do think there are interesting matchup things here in this series. And I'll get into them after we come back f- from the ad break in a couple minutes, but I want to touch on something real quick. Uh, the Clippers have the best player in this series. I mean, they, they, they have the best player in the playoffs right now. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say in the series, just to be safe, they have the best player in the series. That alone gives you the leg up on the competition because in theory, the best player usually wins in a series. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes a team can, you know, with with the second and third best players in a series, will beat the team with the best player. Milwaukee. I wasn't really going to talk about them, but that's kind of what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, but for the Clippers and the Nuggets, I really just believe in Kawhi at this point. I really do. And I should not believe that much in anyone as a Clipper. But here I am, Farbod. I'm just fully... I'm fully invested at this point. I mean, he's just it I think I said it to you before. It's like it's just a weird thing where when you see like you believed in Chris Paul, right? But it's just a different thing with Kawhi. It's just he's I think been Kawhi, to the mountaintop. Chris is one it, of the best like you can make the case for Chris being like a top ten point guard of all time or whatever, but Kawhi feels like a top 10 player of all time or a top 20 player of all time. It's just a different type of thing. Well, I think what it is too is like Kawhi's been to the mountaintop. Like he knows what it takes. He's been there. He's been in the deep battles. He's gone to seven games. He's done all this stuff. He understands what it takes. It's like if you want to, if, if you went on a mountain climbing expedition up Everest, you wouldn't want to really go with someone who hadn't been up there. You trust the guy who's been up there a couple times. 
you know? So that's how I kind of look at it. So I, I trust Kawhi. I really do. Until he screws up, even if he does screw up, I'll probably still, I still trust that guy. Like that's where I'm at with him. Yeah. I also think it's just a height thing though, too. It felt I, like yeah. You and I talked about that. Stopped because of his height. Kawhi is hard to stop because he's just like got that Michael Jordan long arm, long hand, like big hands kind of gene. You and I talked about that the other day. I think the size of Kawhi is the biggest difference. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, uh, the only, the only concern I'll have is if Paul George needs to show up a little bit more than he is. Like he needs to not shoot 30%. He needs to shoot like 45, you know, 44. I think he's going to do that. In this, I think he's going to shoot 40. Becomes harder than it needs to be. Say that again. Otherwise, this series becomes harder than it needs to be. I think he shoots at least 40% from three in the series. I, I have a really firm belief in that, that he is. Firm um, belief. I do. I, I should not be this confident in this series when I wasn't at all confident in the Dallas series. It's That's very weird. strange. You're a weird guy. I just... You Dallas sound like the guy who thinks The Dark Knight isn't the greatest superhero movie ever made. It's just what you tell first me. Off, first off, it's not. And also, number two, Lucas scares me more than anybody else, than anybody really on Denver, to be honest. I mean, and playoff Jamal Murray seems scarier than Luca. He does, but at the same time, Luca, Luca was still at a level that i just not sure consistently other guys can get to. Well, it does seem like just nobody could stop him ever. So they're like, let's just piss him off all the time. You've counted on restaurants and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, and more. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off of your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, the code is BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, so you never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, so when looking at the series, and the reason I firmly believe that Paul George is going to shoot 40% from three in the series 
And this now we, <clears throat> we did this in the first round preview where I talked a little bit X's and O's. So I'm gonna do that real quick and not try to bore people with this. Denver plays what the Clippers like to play defensively, which is called drop coverage. They drop the big in pick and roll situations to protect the rim. The reason they do this a lot with Nikola Jokic is because he doesn't have the lateral foot speed and the hip turn to defend out higher on the perimeter against ball handlers. So they like to leave him closer to the rim to protect the rim. However, Nikola Jokic is not a good rim protector. So the Clippers can exploit that. The reason I believe in Paul George Farbod for this series, because if you're playing drop coverage against Paul George, what has Paul George shown that he can do? Step right into threes with the screen. So I believe in the amount of open threes he'll get. I mean, he got a lot of open threes before, though. He did. You just weren't going in. He did. I think. I, I think they will in this series. Forty percent. I'm. I'm putting it down. Forty percent. I, I honestly, I care more about his two point, just his field goal percentage as a whole. Do you really? Yeah, I care more. Like, like I just don't want to see him shoot layups and miss you know when and when it's the fourth like it like caught things that are like confidence or it's like it's like dude you just shot a layup with 40 seconds left and somehow missed it to put the team up three or put the team up four like i don't know how you missed that stuff so, like that is what i care about a lot i also think that's the upside to playing denver is Jokic isn't going to be the rim deterrent that maxi kleba boban were porzingis was when he played it's not the same thing. I, th- I think this is a little bit more level of comfort for them. Um, the other thing, and this is going to shock you. Um, what do you think? Marcus Morris played two games against the Nuggets uh, as a member of the Clippers. The Clippers won both games. What do you think he shot from the field? I honestly can't remember. Um, what if I told you he shot 25% from the field? Marcus Morris? Yep. That's a little terrifying. What if I told you he was only one of 12 from three? He was that bad against Denver? How many games did he play against Denver? One? Two. Oh, he played two? Well, he's 100% from the field and judo chops to the head, so he's fine. Now, what if I told you he had the second best plus minus on the Clippers against the Nuggets this year? I'd say I'd say I don't care about plus minus. <laughs> what if I told you the only guy above him was Paul George? I can't remember who... It might have been Chris, Paul. I don't remember who it was, but I remember after a game, somebody asked about plus minus to another player in the locker room, and they're just like, I don't give a crap about that. (laughs) No, I know. I know. It's an interesting thing, but it's really interesting at how – the reason I brought that up is Morris and Zubots together have been so good offensively and defensively especially that I think – even if Morris isn't shooting well, his value's still there. And same thing with Paul George. If one of them is that that's the upside of the Morris trade, by the way, if you really want to dig into it, is it's okay if one of the two isn't having a good offensive night, because the other one usually is, and both of them are still good defensively. So who do you who do you think the X factors in this series are? Because the last time it was Zubots, which I think was accurate. Mm-hmm. And who else did we have? Porzingis, which I thought also was accurate, but then he didn't play. So then it just became like I, I said, Maxi Kleba, Trey Lyle, uh, Trey Burke, and Seth Curry. I feel like were the true X factors of that series. 
I think I had, if I remember, if I went back and listened, I know for a fact I had Maxi Kleba. And I thought Kleba was good. However, he didn't kill the Clippers from three because he had that long cold streak from three that would have actually probably hurt the Clippers a ton. So I guess he was an X factor in that way. So, and then who do you think was the actual X factor in that series? Trey Burke or Seth Curry? Both of them together. Even Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, he was... He was making stuff, man, where I was just like, okay, dude, like, what's, can you chill out? He hit a, he hit a pull-up jumper in Marcus Morris's face in game six, and I just went like, oh, okay, like, whatever, dude. Like, and that's the other thing, too, is like, I think we talked about in the last podcast was their role players were so good the first four games and then kind of fell off the cliff in games five and six. So, like, that's the thing that can happen to X-Factors. So, if what I think the X who I think the X factors are not what who I think the X factors are in this series uh, for the Clippers Lou Williams I think this is an awesome Lou Williams series Denver has no one who can guard him no one um and if I have to give a second X factor for the Clippers Montres Harrell I think this is a really good Montres Harrell series especially against uh, Mason Blumley not Zubats though. Uh, I think, I think Zubats is elevated above the X factor category. I, I expect it from him now kind of thing. I mean, you should expect it out of Lou and Trez if they're averaging uh, like 50 points a game off the bench. See, they were not good in that first round and that's why I don't expect it out of them. Well, Trez, I think it was just because a Trez's legs, his legs and he can't to go against Boban. Like what's he going to do? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't fault Trez for the first round. I really don't like, I was hard on him. And that, like, oh, I, I would always post numbers like they were this awful with him on the floor and all these lights. Like, it sounds like I'm just hating on the guy. I wasn't like it's not his fault that he missed all that time. And then he and then he came into the bubble finally uh, after the passing of his grandmother. And his first game was game one of a postseason series after against, five months against the dude who can block Dwight Howard without jumping. Yeah. So I, I don't fault. I faulted the coaching staff for putting him in bad spots, which made him look bad more than anything. Lou had like one or two good games in the first round, but was absolutely bad like every other game. So I think Lou is an X factor. And if you don't want to count Montrez as an X factor, um, I'll actually go with Jermichael Green. You know, I oh, Jermichael is a solid one too. I, I remember the stat last year before the playoffs. I was looking at who the worst active playoff performers in the league were according to field goal drop-off percentage. And it was like Lou Williams, Kyle Lowry, Jamal Crawford. Those are the top three. Hey, the Clippers had two of them. Yeah, but then Lou did so well in the playoffs last year. I was like, well, whatever then. Yeah. Uh, If you're asking me who the Denver... Well, actually, who would be your Clipper X-Factors real quick? Zoo. I think is going to have to do more than usual. Um, I think Jamichael, Jamichael will be. And I think um, maybe Landry. I think Landry might have to play some defense that you – like whoever – honestly, whoever is going to have to deal with Michael Porter Jr. off the bench. So – do you want to talk about that real quick? And then, then, we'll, then I'll get into the Denver X factors, in my opinion. The talk Porter about who's going to guard Michael Porter Jr.? Okay, because I have a theory on that. I don't think it's who's going to guard Michael Porter Jr. I think it's who does Michael Porter Jr. guard on the Clippers. 
because one thing that I found when doing my video work for this series, the Clippers, as we both know, and as a lot of people know, they like guard ball screens to where like a guard will come up and set a ball screen for a ball handler and then flare off of that. Um, a really good guy who guard ball screens for the Clippers in, in terms of setting them is Landry Shamit. And the guy who and the guy who really takes advantage of it is Lou Williams. So if they try to hide Porter, whoever they try to hide Porter on, I think that guy on the Clippers is going to set ball screens for Lou and Denver will switch those. And I think Lou's going to abuse Porter and that will get Porter off the floor because in that first round series, there were times where Mike, uh, Mike Malone couldn't play Porter because of how bad he was defensively. Speaking of Porter, what did you think of him saying in the press conference today that he blames the Clippers doctors? He said the Clippers doctor said he'd never play basketball again. I don't care. I just don't care. Very I really don't. I, I wouldn't have picked him either, to be honest. I well, think the back like, issues are a big deal. Well, it's also interesting just from the standpoint that, like, they got Gallo's glute injury wrong. We don't know yeah. how Pat, like, I don't know how Pat was out as long as he did. I mean, it's interesting. It, it, it is what it is. I just, I don't fault teams for passing on him. I just don't. It's not like, it's, it wasn't like, oh my God, he tore his ACL. Like, no, this was a back thing. Like there was legitimate, I know for a fact, the Clippers were not the only team to write him off and put him on a do not draft list. I think, no, I just remembered. I think Bull Bull might be an X factor for them. Because I think he might play. get playing time. He's not going to play. You don't think so? No. You don't if think he they'll plays, randomly put him in like the same way they, Dallas would do Boban? No. No. I think Mike Malone saw he can't do that in the seeding game against the Clippers because Lou, Lou killed him. You can't, you can't put bad defenders on the floor. The Clippers can get away with it at times because of their supplementary talent. Denver can't. They're already not good defensively. You think Paul Millsap guards Kawhi Leonard or Jeremy Grant? So Jeremy Grant's my first Denver X factor because of the Kawhi Leonard stuff. He defended, for people who don't know, he defended Kawhi Leonard really good in the regular season. And I understand the regular season is different from the postseason. I get it. But it's kind of all we have to go on. And Jeremy Grant looked really good defending him because of his length and his ability to affect Kawhi shots, especially around the rim. He's their best rim protector. Yeah, I think, and he, I mean, he's just so much better, it seems, this year than he was other years. Yeah. Uh, you know who my second X Factor is? Scott Foster. Well, yes. Uh, Gary Harris. Because now that Gary Harris is healthy, he's a very good defender. And that might be the guy they have to play for 35 minutes a night to guard Paul George because they don't have anybody else that can really do it. Because it ain't going to be Jamal Murray. It ain't going to be Monty Morris. And it could possibly be Torrey Craig, but I wouldn't trust Torrey Craig to do it either. So Gary Harris probably gets a lot of the Paul George assignment. Man, when I think of Torrey Craig, I'm just like, when he shot that layup, game seven against Oh my God. Jazz, I was like, oh my God. You know who I blame for that? If Mike Conley made it, that would have been like one of the most infamous moments in basketball history. So two things. Number one, I blame Jamal Murray for that. Um, he should have pulled it out. 
You don't just like, come on, man. You got to pull it out and play the free throw game. Come on. Number two, I don't know if you know this, but on the rebound by Rudy Gobert, he steps out of bounds. Who Gobert does? Yeah. Before he passes the ball up ahead to Conley, he stepped out of bounds. Oh, I didn't see that. Imagine if Conley makes that three and Denver loses because Gobert stepped out of bounds and they didn't see it. It's almost like imagine if they didn't have an eight-second violation in game one. Yeah. Utah was so <laughs> close to having this series over with, and now they're already home. It is a it is the razor's edge out there in the uh, in the bubble. I'm not talking about Scott Hall either. I knew well, you were gonna make a rest. It's so joke. interesting because it's like everybody likes to overreact during the playoffs. I mean, bubble or not, everybody likes to overreact in the playoffs. And um, like you look at OKC, they were down two zero against the Rockets. And it was like, wow, these guys can't even beat the Rockets without Westbrook. Like, they're trash. Or you look at, you know, when ja- when the Jazz were up 3-1, they, like, decimated the Nuggets. And it's like, literally, game by game means nothing. Like, game by game means absolutely nothing. And the only thing that's a real death sentence is 3-0. You know what's crazy? Speaking of 3-0... Um, Boston could be up 3-0 on Toronto before the Clippers even before the Clippers and Nuggets even tip for game one. I was thinking about that too. I was like, it's so weird that these guys are in the second round and it already feels like Milwaukee and Toronto are done and like nobody in the West has played. Yeah, like when you think about it, Boston could be up 3-0 before the Clippers play and Miami could be up 3-0 before the Lakers play. Like, that's crazy. I don't think Miami goes up 3-0. I I I I really still think Milwaukee comes back. Yeah, I don't think Miami. There's no if Miami goes up 3-0, I will be sh- shocked. I'm not going to say I'm going to eat my own shoe because I already said I would do that if Chris Paul hit a game winner in game 7. Were you worried by the way? No, cuz I was going to buy a cake that looked like a shoe and then eat turn the shoe into a cake. Like I was going to do one of those things. But oh, I hate you. <laughs> That's not but, even real. It's like, I'll make it real. But, like, there's no, I think Miami, I think Toronto could actually go down 3-0. I think Toronto could. But oh, I, don't, I think Boston's going to win that series, 100%. Yeah. I felt that way before it. But I, I just can't see Milwaukee going down 3-0. Like, that's just, I mean, but at the same token with Boston, like, Marcus Smart had to hit, like, seven threes for that game to go in the direction that it did. So, um... We're going to wrap up in a second, but I want to, before we get to predictions, I want to have you do something real quick. So I was texting Jovan yesterday. Jovan and I were texting back and forth between, uh, in game seven of uh, Nuggets Jazz. Screw that guy. (laughs) Okay, relax. If you had to rank the four remaining Eastern Conference playoff teams from... I would most like to see the Clippers play them in terms of favorable matchup to least favorable matchup. How would you rank them? The one I would least likely to see might be the Bucks or the Celtics. Um, the ones that I would most likely to see are the Raptors and the Heat. Okay, but give me like an order. Give me give me an uh, order from most like most want to see to least most, most favorable. See. One Miami, two Toronto, three Boston, four Milwaukee. Most oh. to least likely. 
Okay, so you're very close to what we both had it as. We went Miami, Toronto, Milwaukee, and Boston as least. Yeah, it's fine putting it's fine putting Boston at the bottom. I think Boston put some real scare in them both times they went against each other. But I don't All know. Right. It just seems like Milwaukee's not the same team since they went in the bubble. They don't. They, a lot of teams don't look like they were before the bubble. It's so crazy. Um, one last piece of trivia. Can you name the last year? Because there's a possibility Milwaukee and Toronto don't make the ne- don't make the conference finals, or either one doesn't. And can you name the last year that the top two seeds in a conference, neither one of them made the conference finals? I'm going to guess and say the 1999 lockout season. Okay, a season that actually happened, like fully. Oh, 2004. 2011. The year Dallas won the title against Miami. Was that a lockout season? No. Oh, okay. The year Dallas beat Miami in the finals, uh, the first year of the that LeBron Miami team, the one seed in the West was San Antonio. They lost 4-2 to Memphis. That was the year Manu like, broke his arm, remember? Like the last regular season game of the year, and, they, and that's why Memphis ended up kind of eking that one out. The two seed in the West that year was the Lakers, and they got swept 4-0 by Dallas. That was the Bynum like clothesline game. I remember that. Yeah. All right. So prediction wise. I was at the counter eating a burger when that happened. Were you at the delicatessen? No. Okay. Um, God, that's a very, what were you like 14 back then? The counter? No. What, what were you like 14 in 2011? Oh, uh, I was in high school. Oh, no, oh. no, 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 no. I was in college. You're so I was young. Like 20. You don't even know how old you were. Yeah, I was 20. I don't even know what day it is anymore, man. To, the only three days that exist anymore. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. All right. Your prediction for Clippers Nuggets second round. Go. Clippers in six? You Clippers in six, really. What do you think? Clippers in five. Wow. I think the best chance Denver has is to take game one. I think that's that's the game that I... Well, I absolutely. If they take game one, that'll be really frustrating because they're supposed to be tired and worn out and the Clippers are supposed to be rested and ready to go. I know this sounds like a hedging thing to say. I picked Clippers in five, but what I will say is if Denver takes game one, it's for sure going six. Yeah. Because I think Denver would get one more. And I understand why everyone is kind of a little bit fearful of Denver because of their ceiling. However... I really trust in Kawhi Leonard and I trust in Paul George and I can't believe I'm saying this. I trust Doc Rivers in that matchup against Mike Malone. Uh, we'll see. We will see, but I think Doc learned. I think Doc learned. We'll see part two. We shall see. All right. So game one, this is out on Thursday. So as you're listening to this, it is day of game one. Okay. We're recording this at just after 10 p.m. on Wednesday, the day before game one. It is day one. It is It is. It is day one. Um, go Clippers, obviously. Uh, hopefully Patrick Beverly plays. We won't know until closer to game time. But I feel really confident about the Clippers winning this series, and I probably shouldn't because confidence is not a great thing to have before a postseason series. So hey, I will say nothing. What can go wrong? All right, Farbaud, you got anything for the good people? Um, I, which, tell us, 
And when we drop this episode, I want you guys to, to let us know which referees did you think were worse? The the Bucks uh, Heat game or the Rockets <laughs> Thunder game? That's what I want to know. The only acceptable answer that you could give us is yes. <laughs> yes. All right, folks, everyone take it easy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you all later. Uh, Farba, when do you want to come back, by the way? When do you want to do games? When do you want to do the next one? Never. Never. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys never. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.